This is a production of Gordon College's Scott Radio. Scott Radio. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Ben Schneider, back at it again for another episode of The Ben Schneider Show. This is our last show of the semester, so hope everybody's looking forward to the break and getting ready for finals. Uh, we've got one great final guest for you guys today. It's Kiana Smigliani, one of the cross-country captains from this past uh, season, and You've been doing it since your freshman year. So, Kiana, welcome. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. It's great to have you here. You always ask how everybody's day is <laughs> on the long run. So, we'll just start with that. How's your day been? Yeah, my day's been pretty good. I really like Mondays because it starts off the week, and I really like being productive. So, um, Mondays are always a good way to start it off. Um, yeah, my day's been pretty good. I um, had a project to work on, which was kind of stressful, but it went really well, better than I expected. Um, and yeah, so my day's been pretty good. Pretty average Monday. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. You have a good weekend? I did. Yeah. It was really busy. Um, I went on a church visit with my, um, AJ small group and, um, we got to hang out with the team, um, at coaches yesterday, which was really fun as well. Yeah. Yeah, That's always fun. Looking forward to the break. I am. Yeah. I really could use a break, um, especially from classes. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm looking forward to it. I really love the holidays, so I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. Well, Kiana, on my show, I usually like to start from the beginning with everyone. Sure. Uh, I know you're from New Hampshire, uh, yes. but just tell me a little bit about growing up there and uh, your high school career and uh, anything else you want to share. Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, I grew up in Hudson, New Hampshire, which is right on the southern border in the middle of the state, um, border between Mass and New Hampshire, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, I grew up there my whole life. Um, I athletically, I uh, started Irish step dance when I was really young. Um, my mom and dad were really supportive of that career. I danced competitively for 13 years, went to like um, regionals, nationals, worlds, things like that. Um, and had scattered injuries along the way, as we all do. Um, but yeah, so I did that along with my sister. Um, my sister's two years younger than me. Um, so we did that together. Um, really fun. And then I actually had a really bad injury um, in late in my career. Um, it actually ended my uh, dancing career, and then I went straight to running, um, which was really fun. So I ran all through high school. Um, yeah. What events did you do in track in high school? Yeah, so um, my first season of track was my freshman year. Yeah, I started running my f- freshman or sophomore year. I think it was sophomore year spring. Um, and I um, I started in the mile. I, like, really hated the mile. Um, still really hate the mile, um, as coach knows. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I started in the mile, and then – Um, I kind of did everything in high school because I came from a dancing background and I was just pretty athletic in general and I didn't really know what I was good or bad at. So um, I my coach started me in the mile because we didn't have good milers and I was decent at it. I wasn't great. Um, But then he started me in the two mile because no one liked the two mile. But I was just happy to be running. Um, So I just ran whatever he put me in. So, I mean, I ran. 200s, 400s, 800s, mile to mile, um, did cross country as well. I just kind of did everything and I was fairly decent at everything. Um, so it kind of depended on the meet. My coach would just be like, all right, we need someone here. So I would just do that. Was the mile your least favorite out of all of them? Yeah, easily. Yeah. 
I would rather run either the 800 or the two mile because the mile is just this awkward like in between where like you're trying to go fast but you have four laps so like you can't really go that fast without dying and then you also can't like get in the zone like you can in the two mile so i don't know i just really didn't like it it was just an awkward distance for me yeah that's the problem with those mid-distance races is it's like it's not short enough to be an all-out sprint but it's not Mm -hmm. fast enough to kind of you have no time to settle into your pace yeah exactly and prepare for that so yeah yeah those are tough um do you have any special meets that you remember that stand out to you from your high school career? Jeez. Um, yeah, actually. I um, Let's see. Cross country or track? Yeah, either. Yeah. Um, so cross country, I had a few, like, I had this, like, out-of-body race experience where I, like, PR'd by, like, two minutes, just, like, out of the blue. Um, and I have, I have exercise induced asthma. So every time I raced, it was like, just, it was really rough, <laughs> but I just loved running so much that it was okay. Um, but yeah, I had this race my junior year of high school. Um, and I had previously been running like 22s in the 5k for cross country. And I, um, I actually latched on to like the front crew of this I ran division one in high school too so I I latched on to like the front crew of this like um kind of later in the season race so it wasn't our like divisional championships but it was like right before it so everyone was like in tip-top shape um and I latched on to the front group and I actually just stayed with them the whole time and PR'd by like two minutes um I like couldn't even feel my legs the last mile it was like insane so that's one of the races that sticks in my mind um, to this day. That was I would consider that my best race time wise. I, I had gotten better since then, obviously, um, but that was like my best run race um, for cross country. Um, but then for track, I w- got really good at the 800. Um, I trained with both the sprinting team and the distance team in high school, um, just cause I could do a lot of things. Um, and it was really fun. And I, um, I ran this 800 towards the end of the season, um, on my, it was, I was the second leg of a four by 800 meter relay. Um, and we were at our, um, division one championships for New Hampshire. And, um, my, my teammate had handed the baton to me in like third place out of like 18 teams for the four by eight. And then I got the baton and actually fell back in the first 400, um, by like 10 places or something insane. And then, um, put us right back up in like first or second by the end of it. And I just remembered like, getting really nervous that I was falling behind, but then having this like spark of like, oh wait, I can do this. Like it's gonna be okay. Um, so those are the two races I remember the most. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So obviously you're a bit of a local uh, yes. with with the New Hampshire connection. Um yeah. but tell me about the the college search and decision making process mm-hmm. and why Gordon? Why did that ultimately end up being the one? Yeah, sure. So um, my best friend in high school actually was looking at Gordon. Um, I became a Christian my, like, sophomore year of high school. Um, it was, I was kind of not late to the game, but um, later than most people at Gordon. Um, I didn't really um, – I grew up going to church, but I didn't grow up as a Christian, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I really came to God sophomore year of high school, and I knew that I wanted to go – 
to a college that had a Christian community. I just knew right off the bat, I was like, I want to go to a Christian college. And I hadn't really started my search like officially yet, but it was my junior year of high school. And my friend was like, hey, I'm looking at Gordon. It's a really good school. You should take a look. And I was just like, all right. So it was my it was my first college tour. And my friend didn't even go with me, actually. I just like went to Gordon with my mom and um, toured. And it was one of those God moments where I like set foot on campus and I can't really describe it. Um, This sounds really cliche, but it was very much a moment of like just insane, like astounding peace. Um, And I, I just felt like it was the place that I was supposed to be. Um, And I had said to my parents after that, uh, visit and I was like that's where I'm going to school and they were like what do you mean you've only you've only toured one college and I was like no but that's the one for me and my dad maybe tour other schools and every single time I was like it's not as good as Gordon it's not as good as Gordon <laughs> and I looked into um, the programs at Gordon and got to know coach a bit visited with him um, and it just ended up being the right fit um, so I'm just really thankful to be here yeah it was one of those I just knew um, compared it to other schools and just proved me right. What, so. other, what other schools did you look at? Um, I looked at Stonehill. Um, it's in Mass as well. Um, it's a uh, Catholic school. They are Division Two for cross-country as well. Um, so I was looking at them. I also looked at St. Anselm's College, um, which is also a Catholic school. Um, so all, like, smaller Christian schools. Um my dad actually went to BU, so he had me look at BU. I never toured, but I was looking at it. Um, my dad went to yeah. Haverford. My parents had me tour that, too. Oh, really? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I understand that. So I toured a lot of schools, but Gordon was just the one. I mean, I didn't really take much interest in the other ones. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Once I – I was kind of the same way. Once yeah. I stepped foot on campus, there was just something about it. Like, I I kept looking at other schools, but yeah. I was pretty sure this was going to be the place. So. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about your uh, your major, your academics. Um, and uh, yeah, what do you want to do? Yeah. So um, here at Gordon, I'm a French and international affairs double major. And I'm also a double minor in um, psychology and peace and conflict studies. Um, all of that kind of culminates into the end goal of um, making a difference. Um, that's what I always say when people are like, what do you want to do? I want, I want to make a change. Um, but for me, making a change looks like um, studying peace and conflict studies. And um, I think something that gets missed often in peace and conflict studies and international affairs is that mental illness and trauma studies are something so important in people recovering from any sort of conflict. Um, So that's really my focus. That's what I'm doing my honors thesis on is trauma and conflict zones. Um, So I really want to implement some sort of system for transitioning people from places of conflict to a time of peace um, and like maintaining a healthy like mental health habit um, and things like that. So that's really what I'm looking forward to doing. I'm going abroad next semester um, for the Peace and Conflict Studies program uh, in the Balkans, um, so in Croatia, and I'm really excited for that. And I think that will really set me on that path that I want to be on. So, yeah, yeah. that's kind of yeah. in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I wanted to ask you about that too because huh? yeah. I know you're 
that's part of why I wanted to get you in here for our last show, because I know you're going to be yeah. up next semester. Um, so just tell me a little bit about that program and mm-hmm. uh, what what about it is so exciting to you. Yeah, the Croatia trip or yeah. Peace and Comic Studies in general? Well, everything. All of yeah, it, yeah. All of it, yeah. Um, so my semester abroad in general, um, we are going to be staying in Zagreb, which is the capital of Croatia. Um, and it's, it's a three-month intensive program. So... Um, we spend two months in Zagreb um, taking three different classes on, like, the history of the Balkans. Um, if you're not familiar with the conflict in the Balkans, there was a very um, serious, um, like, internal war that happened in the Balkans. And it destroyed a lot of their um, systems and culture and relationships and families um, and homes. and Just everything was completely demolished. Um, and the saddest part was that they had destroyed each other. Um, and so it was this place of just um, remnant ethnic, ethnic conflict. So we're studying that for the first two months, um, obviously for the whole time, but for the first two months intensively trying to learn about it. Um, and then in the last month, we do some touring around the Balkans, seeing different um, like battle sites, um, seeing different like demolished cities, um, talking to people who experience the conflict themselves or um, have grown up in a home that faced the detrimental effects of that. Um, And then for the last like three weeks, I think it is, or a month, um, we traveled to the island of Vis and take an intensive class. So I'm taking religion and international affairs, um, which is really cool um, for the last little bit. Um, And then just kind of processing all of the kind of secondhand trauma that we're experiencing because it is a very heavy semester um but it's a really important one and one that i i really feel drawn to so i'm really excited yeah and uh you're an aj scholar right i am yeah, yeah. so tell me about that program and yeah for that yeah sure so um the aj program is near and dear to my heart um i definitely embody what it means to be an aj i i love this program so much um yeah so um to be an aj is to be a we call ourselves the agents of change um we don't really need recognition but we really just want to work for a positive change in our community um so um for me community is wherever i am um obviously my like definition of home or like sense of home changes it's wherever I end up being so like I want to travel a lot I think when I'm in Croatia that will become my home when I'm here in mass that's my home when I'm in New Hampshire that's my home Um, and I want to make a difference where my home is Um, not saying that it's not important to make differences other places but um, that's been the biggest thing that was the biggest draw of the AJ program is that um, desire to create change Um, the AJ program is really great. We have small groups. I've led a small group for my past two years. Um, and we have some really good intellectual discussions about what it means to, um, embody our faith, um, whether that's in our academics, our social environments or teams, things like that. Um, so I think that kind of describes what it means to be an AJ. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, let's get into, uh. I know you're from cross country, obviously. Yes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely want to get into that. Yeah. Um, so tell me about the recruitment process. Uh, I know you mentioned briefly you got to yeah. meet Coach uh, before you started as a freshman. Sure. Um, but what do you m- remember from checking the program out and uh, 
you know, preseason freshman year, the, the very beginning. <laughs> yeah, this is funny. So um, I met Coach, I think, on my second visit. We had exchanged a few emails. I think I kind of aggressively emailed him and was like, hi, I'm going to be running for you. Can we meet? And I was like super annoying about it. And um, yeah, I don't remember exactly what I said. Um, but yeah, I met Coach on my second visit and he was super intimidating and still is. He still kind of scares me a little bit. Sorry, Coach. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's just really tall, really loud. And it just like scared me, my little introverted self, like junior, senior year of high school. So um, that's what I remember from my first conversation with him. Um, Along with the fact that my mom's from Canada and he's from Canada, so they really bonded over that. And then I ended up just awkwardly sitting there while they talked about, like, poutine. And it was really awkward. So that was my first, like, memory of coach. Um, And then the recruitment process in general, um, coach just started sending me emails. Um, I don't remember much about it. Um, But... Um, coming in my freshman year, I remember getting an email from coach that was about preseason. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying I absolutely hate camping with a burning passion. I do not like the wilderness. I do not like being in a tent. I don't like, I just don't, I don't like it. So I was just like, I was a little distraught when I got his email that said we're like camping because when I saw sleeping bag on the list, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. So I emailed him and was like, hi, so are we staying on campus or are we going like somewhere? And he's like, no, we're going to the Adirondacks. I was like, what? And not only we're going to the Adirondacks, we're camping in the Adirondacks. I was like, no, I am, first of all, going to this place I'm unfamiliar with. Second of all, going with all these people that I don't know. And I'm doing my least favorite thing, which is camping. So I was pretty distraught. (laughs) Um, But um, I was always like, I was also a complete like anxious mess during that time because like, obviously it's a transition moment and um I was struggling to understand how um, how camping was going to help me be a better runner. I was just, like, mad. But then as the week went on, I started really bonding with people on the team, and I realized that all we were doing was eating, sleeping, running, and talking. And then I was like, wow, I actually really love this. And I ended up not hating it at all. I actually loved it and looked forward to it, um, except for sleeping on the ground because I have a bad back. But, you know. Um, Other than that, it was just it was a really good experience. I really did not expect that at all, Um, like actually enjoying it. But it was really, really fun. So that's what I remember from coming in as a freshman. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I always tell people there's just something about that place. Yeah. Just brings the emotion out of me. Yeah. I, I always feel more homesick when I'm when I'm there really? instead of when I'm here. Yeah. I don't know if it's just That's because like funny. we're more in seclusion out there or, or what it is, but yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's, it's such a beautiful place. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Especially when you wake up in the morning and there's like mist still in the air. It's like, it's so beautiful. Yeah. 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 I love it there. I love it. Yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit about your freshman season. Um, I know you, I'm looking at the top 30 times in here. <laughs> You're on here in a yeah. 14th, 2411. Was that was that New England? That was New England. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's like a lot of you <laughs> on here. I know it was a great race for the whole team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, tell me about freshman cross country season. Yeah. So, um, geez. Yeah. I remember. I, I think to date that was the best season that I've ever had. 
Um, it was either, I don't know if I did better or ended up matching it like later on. But anyway, so yeah, my freshman season was really great. I kind of hopped right in with our top ladies pack, which was amazing because the majority of us were freshmen. Um, I remember, I think that was Coach's first like massive recruiting year. Is that right? Do you yeah. remember? There were, well, yeah, we just, we had Coach in here yeah. two weeks ago. He was telling me that yeah. I think there were eight on the, seven or eight on the women's team and nine on the guys' team. Yeah, so, it was like. Um, I think the women's team was bigger than the, yeah. the two teams combined the previous year. Yeah, it was, yeah. I remember that being. The biggest thing is that I wasn't just this like freshman hopping up with these like seniors. It was like, yes, we have like a couple of seniors, couple of juniors, couple of sophomores, but then the majority of us were freshmen and we hopped right in um, and kind of just um, something just fit. Um, obviously, you have to work hard to um, learn how to run together. Um, Coach always emphasized running in packs, um, which intimidated me a lot at first. But then I started realizing the power of being able to run with your teammates and having them push you. Um, so that was the biggest thing for me. I wasn't used to that. Um, my high school experience of cross country was a lot different. Um, I loved my teammates so much. Um, but there was this competitive spirit of wanting to um, be ahead of each other. And it wasn't in a mean way or anything, like it was in a competitive way, but um, it pushed us each to be better. But um, obviously we're still pushing each other to be better on the team now. Um, but it was more of a like, I'm going to move ahead. Why don't you come with me instead of like, oh, I'm ahead. Maybe she'll catch up later kind of mentality if that makes sense so that was my memory of um that experience and then racing wise I had some really good races um I remember most distinctly um New England's um so that was that time the 2411 I think it was um it was like that was my out-of-body race um <laughs> of the season like yeah, it was amazing. I think I like PR'd in my 5K in my 6K during that race. And I remembered coach recording the time. It was like under 20 minutes. And I was like, yes, I finally beat that 20 minute barrier. But it wasn't a 5K, but it counts. Um, and that was a really, really awesome race for me. I remember uh, Julia Drewicki that graduated, was it last year or the year before? Yeah, last yeah. year. Wow. Um, and I was like struggling because again, like I said, I have exercise induced asthma and it was really cold out, which anyone that has asthma knows that makes asthma 10 times worse, which is really, really rough. And it was also 17 degrees outside and coach wouldn't let us wear long sleeves. Love you, coach. But I was freezing. Uh, well, you had those but, arm sleeves, right? Yeah, we the, had arm sleeves, but yeah. they're really thin. Okay. Like it was really rough, but no, it was a good race. And I was just like completely numb the whole time, but that's probably for other reasons. Uh, but um, yeah, so that race was amazing, but I started like dying towards the end as we all do, but like I was slowing down and I remember hearing this voice behind me and like this like quiet voice going, Kiana, I'm on my way. Like just wait up. And then, um, my teammate Julia was like, Kiana, I'm here. And then Julia like was next to me and like looped her arm in my arm and was like, you got to come with me right to the finish. And she like practically dragged me to the finish line um, and pushed me to run faster, which is really amazing. So that was my like season in a nutshell. It was having other people 
um, pushed me to be better. So it was really great. Yeah. And she, yeah. she ran 2406 that day, yep. right? So yeah. That's, yeah. There's, when we had coaching year, he was, I was asking him what his best memories were yeah. um, from his whole tenure here. And he, yeah. he pointed to that race. Yeah. That he race said the whole was... team did so well. And uh, Kayla and Louisa are the two top, top two times ever yeah. in school history. Amazing. That, that happened in that race. So, yeah. yeah, I know it was a great experience for mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah. So, we get into track season, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you were injured, right? For, I was. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what happened there? <laughs> yeah. So, um, this is funny. Yes. Yes. So, um, I kind of had a series of two different injuries my freshman year. So, um, at the end of my cross country season, I had, um, kind of not quite tears but like I had pulled part of my Achilles tendon in my left heel um it was from a knot in my calf that was pulling so much on my Achilles tendon that it started to slightly tear my Achilles tendon um so I was in a boot for a little while um but it was right at the end of the season I like waited to take care of it till then so I was in a boot for a bit then finally the boot came off I trained through um easing into training all through winter break and then came back to uh track training right after winter break I got through two weeks of uh training for track in like the preseason time and I was running this workout it was our hill workout um where is it um Parsons Hill Parsons Hill yep it was Parsons Hill um and I got through the whole workout but Towards the end, um, my knee started giving out, and it was really weird because I it didn't hurt or anything. I didn't trip on anything. I don't recall twisting it. Um, and then I was jogging my cool down, and it started. Um, I started getting like searing pain, like all around my left knee, and I was like, "What is going on?" So I just went back to Bennett and was like, "I'm just gonna like stretch or something." And then the next day, I was unable to bend my knee more than like a tiny bit. Um, And I remember walking to Bennett and not being able to bend my knee. So I looked like I was just real, really struggling um, because I was. Um, But I got to Bennett and I was like, coach, I can't move my knee. And he's like, what? And I was like, I literally can't. And I like went to the trainers and they tried bending my knee and like couldn't get it to bend. And then... I had multiple MRIs and different things, and I had um, partially torn my uh, quad tendon and my patellar tendon in the same knee out of nowhere. Um, when you say they couldn't, <laughs> like, could they physically not bend no, your knee or did it just hurt? they physically couldn't. So your knee physically wouldn't move? Yes. It, wow. Yes. Yeah. That so, and it also hurt a lot. <laughs> so I was like, all right. So I was on crutches um, for a lot of track season and then I got off crutches but I still couldn't run um because I had remnant tendonitis um in my tendons that had been torn and the partial tears take a really long time to heal because you can't like go in and stitch them back up it's like they're partially torn and then they oftentimes don't quite heal the same way that they were before um so I still like on days where it's really really cold out I still get soreness um in the places where I had torn it so yeah so that's what kept me out um yeah that was a really low time (laughs) yeah 
because it was so, my freshman year. I just I just wanted to get going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what did that? Because obviously you came back. Yeah. Uh, for sophomore yeah. year, what did that process look like? Trying to yeah. rehab that. Rehab, you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was in physical therapy for eight months um, for my knee. I went twice to three times a week for eight months. Um, which was a really long <laughs> recovery. I did everything because nothing seemed to work. Um, I took a lot of Advil because of the pain. And then in addition to that, um, I did a lot of icing, rolling, heat, massage. Um, we actually did trigger point injections. Are you familiar with trigger point? I don't think I am. Yeah, so trigger point injections are when you're um, – It's this is really gross. Are you ready? Okay, um, yeah. so you – can, You can say whatever. Okay, I'm, so – Trigger point injections are when you have a really, really uh, tight knot in your muscle that does not respond to massage. You stick a needle in the knot and keep sticking the needle in until your um, knot like twitches and then releases. Um, So I had that done on my quad um, to try to alleviate some of the tension that was on my tendons. So I had that done. Yeah. I Actually, also, I think I think David yeah. Walzak was telling me something about yeah and it like yeah when he was in here he mentioned freshman year he had something similar like they they had needles going into his calves trying yeah. to get knots out so I don't know if that was the same thing it's but. likely there I also did a different one that he might have done too usually you do the two um, not together but like usually if one works the other works too um, it's kind of like acupuncture but not quite so you stick needles in and then attach like wires to the needles and then send electrical signals through the needles and then that also helps to reduce pain and release some knots in there so i had that done too so maybe one of those two or both he probably did so um i did that and then i did a lot of pool workouts most of the season i was allowed to do pool workouts at least at least towards the end um is this so this is cross-country sophomore year when you say this is like no this was like end of class is like I remember, no, this is like the end of freshman year. Okay. I was in the pool a little bit. Um, And then through the summer, I was able to do some seated biking, some pool workouts, and then I eased into running about halfway through the summer. Um, And when I say eased in, I could do like five minutes and then a couple days later, maybe 10 minutes um, and just keep on keeping on. Um, So that was really a challenging time because I wasn't that fast and I couldn't really go far. So um, I eased in and then was back in time for cross country sophomore year. Um, But coach and I had to really work on uh, reducing the days that I was um, running on the ground, obviously, (laughs) because I I needed to do some pool workouts to let the knee uh, continue to heal. But it seemed to heal pretty, not smoothly, but healed eventually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we get into sophomore year now. Um Yeah. So were you doing any alternate training to try to prevent that injury from coming back or keep yeah. it from getting worse again? Yeah, yeah. I did um I did continue like going to the trainers and doing I was I had gone to the same physical therapist for multiple Um, injuries. So he kind of followed me and knew me um, and taught me a bunch of like rehab type exercises that were like preventative exercises to make sure that the same tendons that got torn were a little bit stronger than they were before so they wouldn't re-tear. So I did continue with that, which was really 
PT is just really exhausting and really repetitive and really annoying. <laughs> um, so I continued doing those like three days a week and then I would need to do pool workouts. Um, I never really did long runs. Um, I had to do them in the pool. So I would be in the pool for like upwards of two hours doing my pool runs because I couldn't do them on land. So <laughs> I would do that and then some bike here and there. And if my knee started hurting in a workout, I had to stop and I had to do something else. So, yeah. yeah. Were you doing modified core too? I was, yeah. yeah. I couldn't do a lot of the stuff where your knees are on the ground at all um, because of the way my kneecap was hitting the ground. It was like on the spot that was torn. Um, so I had to modify a lot of that. And then in addition, I had to modify it because I have – I was having some pretty bad um, like back issues at that point too um, that I had to kind of maintain um, just I needed to keep myself from having flare-ups so that I could run <laughs> essentially. Yeah. But yeah, coach was really patient with me, which I really appreciate. So yeah. 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 So tell me about track that year uh, and, and how you were feeling and what yeah. that looked like. What do you remember from that? Yeah, so track was the first time I felt like I obviously it's like a year later, but I was able to actually push myself and not be afraid of re-tearing my knee. Um, I did have a couple of flare-ups. Like the first race, I actually had my knee taped. You can see like there were pictures of me coming off the starting line and like a I think I did a four by eight. Um where I had my knee taped because I had a flare up in my um, my patellar tendon. Is that Wesleyan? Um, it was the first meet, whatever the first okay. meet was. I Maybe think that Wesleyan. Was yeah. Um, yeah. So the meet that's almost always indoors, but was actually yep, outdoors last year. That's the one. Okay. Yep, it yep. was Wesleyan. So um, I had that issue then, and then it quickly kind of, I. I had like a couple days off after it and then eased in with pool and biking and then went back to running and was just, I just monitored like that. Like if I had a flare up, I'd take a day off and do something else and just reduce my, um, my impact. So that's what I ended up doing. And that was helpful. Yeah. yeah and so you was feeling good. Yeah. And you, yeah, definitely feeling good because you got to go to <laughs> New England's, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I went with the four by eight. It was really fun. Tell me I, about that. I, I love the 800, first of all. Um, the 800 is definitely my race. Um, it's definitely yeah. the one that Coach trained me for. It's you my favorite, me, too. Yeah, yeah, it's just – it's such a good distance. Like, it's just that happy medium. Like, you can go fast, but only distance runners can thrive right. um, in that, um, which is really fun. And I just loved it. And it was also perfect for my asthma, too, because by the time I'd have asthma attacks, it was already at the finish line. So <laughs> – it's just enough time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I was feeling really good. I ran the 800 just about every race. I think I ran a two and a four in there somewhere. I ran the four by four here and there. Um, I almost matched my personal record from before I tore my knee um, in the 800 before New England's, which was amazing to see. And then my four by eight went to New England's, and we broke the Gordon College record for women's, which was really cool. It was an old record, yeah. too, if I'm it's not mistaken. It's like nine years, right? Yeah, something like that, which was really, really encouraging to see how great. Like, it's it's really hard to find four women that can run yeah. a good 800. So it was really awesome that we were able to do that. And it was just, especially sophomore year, like, that's great. Like, that was so exciting yeah. for us. So. Yeah, well, we, when we broke the, uh, the SMR record yeah. on the guy's side, that was, I think that record stood for, like, 
14 years. Yeah, or something, something crazy. crazy. Like that. Yeah. So Wasn't I, that at Wesleyan too, or was that, that a was at one? Uh, SNHU? SNHU. Yeah. So, yeah, and and we, yeah, we took that from a 402 to a 358. That's amazing. But, yeah, yeah. Well, you need because yeah, you need four people to yeah all do their part. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and like I, you know, Mikey couldn't do track. Yep. But, you know, he he would have been he would have been like ten seconds faster than me at least in the eight. So but I know hey, like, you if were we there. Get, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I, if we if well. we get another team to, you know, put together like I don't know if we get like somebody like Evan running the eight. Yeah. Know, we, we could I crush our imagine. own record from last year. Even. That would yeah. be amazing. Yeah. 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 So I, New England's was an enjoyable experience. Yeah, it was really great. How does it compare to? New England's for cross country because yeah you know there we we send our team and you know everybody's mm-hmm. in the top seven gets to go you know you have to set a qualifying time to to get to New England so yeah it how does was, that feel it's a lot more competitive um, to get there in track versus cross country um, obviously you have to you have to hit like the top seven mark in cross country to be able to go but um, like all teams go to right. New England's for cross country um, so it was more of like a not like a cherry on top, but kind of like you're already pretty much done your season and you've got one more race to really push yourself to past to or past your limits, um, which is really great. But then for the um, for New England's for track, it was a little bit more mentally challenging. Well, I get they're both mentally challenging, but it was more mentally challenging for me because um like I wasn't running just my 800. I was running a four by 800. So I had three other people depending on me to run a good 800. It wasn't just me, myself and I and coach. Um, it was like these three other people are running for a time that is ours. Um, so that was more challenging. And then we, yeah, we did have to hit like a, I don't know if it was a qualifying time or like a coach entered us in because he our time was good enough to like get in and then it's like the top however many get in i can't remember how it works um but yes that's how that was but yeah so uh i know it's been a tough year for you yeah um so i don't want to like push you if you're not comfortable sharing anything Um, but i want to get into this year um because you were named after track season last year you named one of the captains of the yeah. women's team um yep so i don't know how they always tell me how does it how does it feel is a is a bad how does it feel journalistic to be a captain question or but yeah just yeah t- tell I me mean, about what that experience has been like this year i mean i was honored to be named a captain um my role on the team did not really change though um i'm in an, in the least conceited way, um, like I'm I'm a natural leader. Um, sure. I really care for my teammates in a way that is, I guess, captain like, leader like. Um, I don't need a title to to take care of my teammates. That's not like I didn't change the way I acted or change the things I did because I was named a captain. Um, it was more of a like recognition of the fact that like I was doing things that were captain-like, I guess. Um, So it didn't really feel much different, and I thought that it was weird that it didn't feel different um, because I felt like I was supposed to be doing something different or something more, um, but I I didn't have anything else to give. I was giving my all to my team anyways, so it was just kind of recognition of um, 
not the role being recognition. It was me recognizing that I didn't really need to do anything differently. But more people were looking to me um, to be a leader. Um, so it was more of like a I did have a lot more people come to me um, and trust me with different conversations, which I was just honored to be the person that they felt comfortable to talk to. Um, so that was the thing that gave me a lot of life um, from being a captain was being um, a someone that other people could look up to. Um, and especially like freshmen on the team know, oh, Kiana's a captain. She would know the answer to that. Things like that. Um, so, yeah, I guess it didn't really change my role on the team. Um, I was just honored. I, I'm honored. Yeah. Yeah. So you were healthy and able to run to the start of the year, right? Yeah. Yeah. I ran yeah. one race. <laughs> was that was that um, Battle of North Shore? Yeah. Whatever the first race was, I okay. think it was Battle of North Shore. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was really healthy throughout the summer. I um, worked really hard at not overworking my body because I have a history of injuries, aches and pains, things like that. Got I've gotten or I was getting or I, I had gotten very good at managing it um, because I knew my body. I mean, I've been an athlete forever. Um, and so, I mean, since I was six, I've been in, in uh, competitive sports um, with really high stakes. So I had gotten used to it and what my body could handle and what it couldn't. Um, but I, I ran the first race. I felt really good. Um, I remember saying on the cool down to uh, my girls, I was like, wow, this is the first race that I have felt healthy in a long time. Um, and it was just this like really amazing moment of recognizing that I had worked really hard to maintain a healthy balance of like work and school and running and rest because rest is something that we're all constantly learning, but I had gotten really good at it. I was getting eight or nine hours every single night since the beginning of the summer. It was like one of the goals I set and one that I kept, which was really, really great. Yeah. Um, and I felt like it was kind of paying off um, with not as much times, but more of feeling healthy in a race. Um, so yeah, I felt good um, the week after that. Um, I was running, I think we had 1,000-meter repeats or 1,200-meter repeats or something, um, and I was leading the girls. Um, I felt really good. I, again, was like, wow, this is the healthiest I've felt in a really long time. Um, and I went to bed and woke up the next morning with, like, shooting pain down my back, um, and it was really absurd. Um, I didn't really know where it came from because again similar to my knee like I had never tripped and fallen I didn't I didn't trip um I didn't twist anything or at least not to my knowledge um and not to anyone else's knowledge so it was just a very strange um and I kind of took a few days rested um tried to recover uh, went to the trainers did ice and heat and stim and um, everything. And then by the following week, I was in the hospital. Um, I had like shooting pain down my spine. Like it's very much a different kind of pain than I had experienced in the past. Like with muscles and tendons, you feel like something's too tight or something's out of place or like, but if you roll it out or if you like um, try to like massage it or you do like ice or heat like it, it gets better like even if it's temporary right. like you know um, yeah. and so with this kind of pain it was it nothing made it better like 
I would take a hot shower and that didn't help. And I would do ice and heat and I took Advil and I tried sleeping more. I tried changing the way that I slept, like being on like a different side um, or I don't know, nothing helped. And I, I didn't know what was going on. And then the pain kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I have a pretty high pain tolerance. Um, so I've learned, I guess. Um, and yeah, I was in the hospital, got a lot of blood work done, um, had like numbness and tingling all on my right side so like my face was numb like randomly and that's kind of what um made me go um well I had seen a doctor so our like sports orthopedic um and he ordered a couple of spinal MRIs because he had no explanation um for what was going on and he tried the trigger point injections like he'd done in the past and um they didn't do anything um i mean they helped and then two days later i was back at square one um so he ordered a couple mris but then i called him i was like hey i'm getting worse like what do you think i should do and he's like nah i think i want some expedited testing so he sent me to the hospital and we got some testing to see if i had a stroke brain was clear they could not find any evidence of anything wrong um and discharged me and said uh, we want a full spinal mri um i was pretty adamant on wanting to get out of there so i was like i can do that outpatient and they were like all right <laughs> um yeah sorry if i'm going on too long no, you're, um, please yeah. yeah um but yeah so i long story short had a few spinal mris got a call back from my doctor and he's like hey so uh we found a cyst in your spine and i was like first of all what's a cyst second of all where and third of all how um, and he was like, well, a cyst is a fluid-filled thing in your spine, and I don't know where it's from or how it got there. Um, and so he's like, yeah, so I'm going to refer you to a couple different people, um, and we're going to figure it out. So you are not running until further notice. And I was like, I went from 100 to zero really fast. Um, and I told Coach, um, and he was like, all right, we'll figure it out. And we'll have you back as soon as possible. And I was like, okay. So, is I that kept... is that when you told the team you were redshirting no, the season? No, I I didn't want to scare the team um, because I didn't know if it was nothing or if it was something huge. So I didn't want to say anything until I had more proof that there was actually something wrong. Because, I mean, I've had a lot of doctors say there's something wrong and then it's nothing, you know. And then I've had doctors say there's nothing wrong and then there's something very wrong. So I didn't want to. I didn't want to say anything yet, um, but I had a few phone calls with a couple different doctors. They all declined consultation because um, they looked at my MRI results and decided that they could do nothing and they did not know the answers. Um, so I finally got to be seen by a spinal specialist um, and he looked at my MRIs and was like, um, I have no idea what this is. And I was like, great, this is good. So. He did a few different neurological tests and saw that I had lost some sensation all along the right side of my body. So I stopped being able to do simple things. I couldn't open doors with my right hand and I'm right handed. Wow. Um, I couldn't like I started tripping over my own feet and like falling downstairs and um, I became more forgetful. I would be talking like I'm talking to you and then completely forget what I'm talking about. I'm very surprised I haven't done it yet. <laughs> um, and... It was just this really fast, like, I didn't do anything and something's wrong. Um, and he wanted me to go through some more testing to make sure I didn't have a stroke. Um, but they'd already done testing at the hospital, so we weren't quite clear 
on if that was just inconclusive testing or he just wanted more detailed testing. So he did some sensation stuff, did find that I had some reflex issues. So like I didn't have a reflex in my right knee. I didn't have a reflex in my right arm, which is a sign of nerve damage. Um, So he sent me along to a couple different doctors. I was declined consultation again by multiple neurosurgeons who were looking at my spinal MRIs. Not declined because I didn't need surgery, but declined because they didn't think they could do the surgery. Um, Surgery was too dangerous? Yeah, it's right next to my brainstem. Um, So it's right up in my neck. Um, So I was looking at MRIs and... um, my doctor like looked through it with me, the doctor that I had seen, the spinal specialist who referred me to multiple people. And he's like, this um, is, I don't know what it's doing to you, but it's really not a good spot, which means it's not a good spot to do surgery on because it's dangerous, but then also it's not good to stay there because it's in a dangerous spot. Yeah. So it's like double-edged sword, you know? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I just didn't really know. So. Long story short, I go to a bunch of doctors. None of them know what's going on. Then I'm quickly declining. Um, I'm still going to practices. I'm still um, supporting my teammates. I'm still timing them in workouts. I'm still doing everything um, as best I can. And um, I did decide to tell the team that I was redshirting at that point. So that was when I talked to you. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, so I was pretty much like, yeah, I'm not running till further notice. And I didn't know um, if that was a I'll run in a few weeks or if that was an I'll run next year. I didn't really know. Um, so I decided to tell the team because that doctor I was I asked him I was like I'm in the middle of my season I'm doing well in my season at least until this point and I'm like what what can I do Can you get me back in time And he's like I don't know because I don't know what's wrong And so I was no. like okay <laughs> um, Yeah so. Um, long story short, go to a bunch of doctors, end up at Mass General's ER um, because no one at Beverly could help me. So I ended up going there. Um, I was starting to get black spots in my vision um, that still haven't gone away. Um, tripping and falling more often. The um, weakness and pain, shooting pain was just continuing to get worse. I had headaches all the time. Um, I would forget things. I'd drop my pen when I was writing. It would just like my hand would just stop holding it. It was like really weird. Um, and yeah, things would randomly go numb. I'd have like burning sensations. I felt like I had an electric shock down my spine every time I moved. I, yeah, I wasn't even able to go to New England to support the team because I couldn't, I couldn't stand for more than five minutes. Um, and I saw a couple of neurologists, neurosurgeons, um, just so many people. Um, And then finally ended up at Mass General. Um, I got a doctor to finally see me, which is exciting. Um, And I have a team now of 15 doctors at Mass General. I'm a research case. Um, They're doing a case study on me, um, which is exciting for them and not so exciting for me. Um, So about Two or three times a week, I drive to and from Mass General. I can't drive. <laughs> My friends drive me. I'm not allowed to. Um, so I drive to and from Mass General. I get lots of blood testing, um, MRIs. I've had seven MRIs and two CT scans and lots of blood work, um, a couple of ultrasounds on my brain, things like that. So I have a essentially what they've found. That it's Some of it's inconclusive, but um, I have an undiagnosed 
um, neuroimmune disease. So they can't diagnose a specific one, but they know I have yeah. it. So my immune system attacked my central nervous system and damaged my entire central nervous system. You put out a very heartfelt Instagram post yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, um, I did. Yeah. Which I, I really appreciate how yeah. open you've been and, and willing to share. Um, yeah. But you said it was mileage based. Yeah. So. Yeah. So there's. That, so every time you take a step. It, yeah. Um, so it's kind of yeah. twofold. So there's a systemic problem where my body keeps attacking itself and doing damage to itself. And then there's also the issue of my. Um, the location of the cyst is aging my spine prematurely. So every time I um, put my foot on the ground, it is damaging my spinal cord. So um, I did have to give up running until further notice. I don't, I don't know if I will get to run again um, at all. Um, but my doctors did tell me that if I don't stop running, I will not walk in 10 years. Um, so that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, really tough. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, not everyone, uh, takes me, um, talking about it well. Um, I've had some people say that I am being dramatic and attention seeking, which is absolutely not, not my intention whatsoever. Um, I would rather share, um, something really hard because this is, this is the biggest thing that has ever happened to me and it is con like it's the most life-changing thing I've ever been through and possibly will ever go through. And so I am not going to keep that a secret. Um, if people ask how I'm doing, I'm going to tell them. If they ask if I'm in pain, I'm going to tell them. Like, um, you know, I'd rather share about something that's hard so that other people that are going through something hard feel like they can not lie to everyone and say they're fine when they're not. Um, yeah. 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 Well, I really appreciate you coming on, yeah, Jenna, and uh, telling your story and being so open. Um, and I know you're one of the strongest people I know. Thank um, you so, so I, much. I appreciate your willingness to uh, yeah. be so open about something that's so difficult for you. Yeah, and I'm, I'm thank certainly you. hoping for the best. Me too. For you, and I hope you have a wonderful break and yeah, get to rest you. up. And yeah, I hope everything goes well. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. So thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love I love when you say in your post is going to make for one hell of a testimony. Yeah. I think that's that's really great. God's uh, doing you. something. Yeah, I don't know what. Yeah, I know he's going to use you for for something really great. Thank you. So, all right, well, we've got one more show. Uh, Will Lott, how are you doing out there? I I see your, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the fresh take coming up next, everybody. Uh, it, Will, is it your Christmas special this week? Yes. All right. Yeah. We got a great show coming up for you guys. So make awesome. sure on, on the other side of this break, don't go anywhere. For now, I'm Ben Schneider. We'll see you guys next semester. Have a good night, everyone.